You're listening to Shalise's Podcast. Good morning. It is time for part two of Creative Dominion. Well, Father, we thank you for yet another podcast. We thank you for this topic, Creative Dominion. I thank you that this is a, I don't know, a title or a phrase that is near and dear to your heart because you have created us in your image to be creative and you have fashioned us and formed us, uh, recreated us in Christ to have dominion, Father, over the works of your hands, to co-create heaven on earth with you. And so we're tuning in today to hear what you have to say. We want to experience more of what it means to be a citizen of heaven and live in union with Jesus. Father, we want to absolutely take dominion over the natural realm and do the same works that Jesus did and even greater works, Father, because he's still doing miracles and he's doing them through us, through our union with him, Lord, as we abide, supernatural fruit is produced. And so we are just excited to hear what you have to share today, Lord. We're just yielding to you. We're going to follow your lead, Holy Spirit. I give you total access to speak through me and talk, even talk while I'm talking. Just interrupt me, Holy Spirit, and talk to people at the same time I'm teaching. So I yield my body as a living sacrifice, and I say, have your way in today's broadcast in Jesus' name. Well, here we are. We're in part two of Creative Dominion, and I'm super excited to share with you guys more about just partnering with Jesus to co-create heaven on earth. You know, as a joint heir with Jesus, we have access to all that heaven contains. In fact, I'm going to kick off today with a scripture from Ephesians verse uh, chapter 1, verse 3, that tells us in the Passion Translation that everything that heaven contains has already been lavished upon us. So let me read it to you. It says, every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm has already been lavished upon us as a love gift from our wonderful heavenly father, the father of our Lord Jesus, all because he sees us wrapped into Christ. This is why we celebrate him with all our hearts. So, you know, last episode, we talked a lot about the fact that everything in the kingdom is a gift right? Salvation is a gift. It's not something that we earn. We talked about the difference between self-righteousness and righteousness, where we have this battle to perform, to be good, or this relationship with the knowledge of the tree of good and evil, where we are evaluating good and, and, and evil and trying to live up to this standard and performing uh, for favor, performing for blessings. And we talked about how that is just the system that Jesus came to completely fulfill and abolish. And that now everything that we have in Christ is by grace. It's a gift, including our righteousness. And we have to step into that identity if we are going to, to operate in creative dominion and we are going to co-create with God. And we have to recognize that not just our identity is a gift, not just our righteousness is a gift, but frankly, the entire kingdom is a gift and the kingdom of God is within us. And as this scripture says, we literally have been lavished with everything that heaven contains. But here's the trick, right? This is an invisible reality. 
Uh, we can't go and look in the mirror and see our righteousness in Christ. We can't use our physical senses to see who we are in Christ. And we can't, uh, you know, use our physical senses to operate in the kingdom of God. This is an invisible reality of our, of the spirit, right? Of the spirit realm. And so if we are going to co-create with God, number one, we have to step into this invisible realm. We have to operate out of our true identity in Christ. We need to understand what that means. It means that as Jesus is, so are we in this world that we have access to the fullness of the Godhead within us. And we need to live out of that reality. We need to step into the place of abiding in Christ. In other words, we need to operate as a way of being out of new creation realities. You know, Ephesians 2.10 in the Amplified Version says that we are God's masterpiece. We are God's masterpiece that has been recreated in Christ for good works, for supernatural works, in other words. And these supernatural works that we have been recreated in Christ to do require that we live out of this recreated identity. It means that we need to recognize that this is not an effort. We don't have to uh, you know, strive to experience union with Jesus. It's a perpetual reality that we simply need to become aware of so that we can abide in it, so that we can be um, uh, present with the presence of God 24-7. And the biggest part of that means that when we are abiding and when we are living out of our true identity, what it means is that we have access to the mind of Christ. We have access to the very thoughts of God. And the thoughts of God are way higher than our thoughts, right? Um, uh, his ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. Uh, and we need to connect to a, a, a place of thinking that is accessed through our spirit. It's our spiritual mind. And to be spiritually minded is life and peace. To be carnally minded is death. So if you want to know which mind you're operating out of, well, do you have life or peace? Or are you operating in negative emotions? Are you worried, right? Do you have anxiety? Are you... um uh, you know, just angry. Um, you're not operating out of the emotions of righteousness, peace, and joy. And if you can just do a little internal check, right? Frustration does not equal grace, right? But if you are in the place of life and peace, it's way, way easier. It's, it's the place where we can access the mind of God, get on his agenda, hear what he's doing, see what he's doing, and we can co-create with him. You know, the thing that that characterizes, characterized Jesus' life was the fact that he operated in union as one with the Father. And he said over and over again, of my own self, I can do nothing. He would say, as I hear, I judge, and my judgment is just, right? He would say, uh, the words that I speak are not my own. He told Philip that if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And so all of the miracles that Jesus performed, all of the ways that he had creative dominion over the natural realm were accomplished through his oneness with the Father, getting on the Father's agenda, staying connected in that place of union with the Father, and then simply saying and doing what the Father was saying and doing. And you know, the, the miraculous things that we see Jesus do are done through the through the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, you could actually go through all of the miracles that Jesus did, and you will recognize that he was operating in the gifts of the Spirit, right? Through the union with the Father, through his oneness with the Holy Spirit, 
He was dominating the seen realm through the power of the Holy Spirit. And, and the gifts of the Spirit, you guys, just like our identity in Christ, are a gift. They're called the gifts of the Spirit. It's not anything that we can earn. It's not something that we have to get some special anointing to try to operate in. No, these are the gifts of the person of the Holy Spirit. And if you go through, like I said, every one of the miracles that Jesus did was an actual manifestation of the gifts of the Spirit, whether he was... Um, you know, looking at Nathaniel uh, when he first met him and said, hey, you know what? You're an Israel Israelite in whom there is no guile. And then, you know, just totally astounded Nathaniel and then told him, well, look, I saw you when you were under the tree, right? He was operating prophetically. He was operating in a word of knowledge. Think about it at the woman at the well, right? When he tells her that you've had five husbands and the man that you're with now is not your husband, right? How did Jesus know those things? Well, he was operating in the gifts of the spirit and he had a word of knowledge that gave him information that he could not know through his physical senses. He could not know through his natural intellect, right? He was connected to the mind of God and the mind of God knows everything about everything. He knows he doesn't look upon things, you know, according to the flesh. He doesn't judge by outward appearances. No, he knows the heart of the matter. He knows the intents and the secrets of every person's heart. You know, Jesus would say he could discern their thoughts, right? He could read people's minds when he was, you know, preaching. He would say, why do you doubt in your heart? Or, you know, uh, he would just know exactly what to say. And the way that he knew what to say is he was simply operating through his spirit. He was operating in that place of union with the Father, with the power of God. And the power of God is supposed to be the hallmark of our life, guys. As Christians, we are not, we are not to be living natural, normal, whatever that means, right? Um, lives. No, the supernatural should be the characteristic of our lives. When Jesus turned the water into wine, well, guess what? That was a gift of the Spirit called the working of miracles. Uh, Jesus spoke to a storm. I mean, that could be considered a prophetic um, operating in the gift of prophecy, or it could also be another example of the working of miracles. All of the healings that Jesus did, right? Whether he was uh, rebuking the fever from Peter's mom or he was, uh, you know, healing the blind men. Uh, he was operating in that gift of the spirit. What's that? That's the gifts of healing. And so if you, we want to dominate and create heaven on earth, which is already in us, right? Then we just operate the exact same way that Jesus did. We operate in the gifts of the spirit. We operate in a prophetic flow where we are connected to the voice of God, where we are uh, connected with spiritual eyes that can see into the spirit realm. You know, many, many times when I pray for people, you know, a lot of times when we pray, we just start praying. You know, we start, and a lot of times what we do is we're not even really, I don't know, we're begging is what we're doing. We're telling God about the problem. You know, we're just telling, oh, you know, Father, please heal Bob. You know, Bob has a family and Bob is the sole breadwinner of the family and Bob is sick. And Father, we just are asking you to heal Bob. It's almost like we're having to tell God, what the situation is, and we're we're having to tell him, you know, all the reasons why this is a really bad situation, and we just really need God to show up. And the problem with that is that we are operating in our prayer life from a place of separation from God. So we're, you know, here in earth trying to find God with our prayers, and we're thinking God is somewhere out here, and we're talking to him out here. That is not the way 
Jesus operated. In fact, even when the voice came in an audible way in Jesus's memory, he said, you know, you didn't say that for me. You said that to those that were listening. Why? Because he already was hearing fine in his spirit. And so true creative dominion prayers are prayers of faith. They're prayers that are prayed in union with God, meaning it's not even you speaking, right? This is now a prophetic prayer that you are declaring. You are speaking as the Lord. It's your words are now his words. And those are the words that produce, I mean, those are the words and the prayers that produce results, right? In James, it says the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And what that means is, is that righteousness is where we have to live and abide if we are going to operate in the gifts of the spirit and pray with power. So prayers are simply speaking what God is speaking. It's, it's, it's how Jesus stilled the storm, right? He said, peace be still. Why? Because the father was speaking, the same father that said, let there be light was speaking through Jesus. Jesus is the word incarnate. And the word of God incarnate was in union with the father, co-creating peace, peace on earth through the words that he was speaking. And so operating in the gifts of the spirit, operating in a prophetic flow where we are praying with power, where we are co-creating and taking dominion over situations requires that we step into union. It requires that we see something that our natural eyes can't see so that we can say something that our, our natural ears and our, our, our natural words would not know to say. And so this isn't hard. It's just a different way of operating. You know, Many, many times when I, I have talked to the Lord about this, you know, I, I've said things like, you know, I'm not sure how to operate in union with you, or I'm not sure if I'm abiding, or how do I abide? You know, I would ask these questions to the Holy Spirit. And then sure enough, I would end up praying for someone. And as soon as I stepped into that place of prayer, guess what? All of a sudden, it wasn't my words. I was prophetically speaking. And that is the way prayer is designed to work. That is the way the gifts of the Spirit are designed to work. You know, I have been training prophetic teams, training people to hear God, training people to operate in uh, with enlightened eyes and activated spiritual senses at this point for 20 something years. And I can't tell you the number of people that start in the place that says, oh, no, no, I, I don't prophesy. I don't know how to prophesy or I don't hear the voice of God. So, no, I can't do this, Shalise. But the truth is that is just a flat out lie. Uh, the word of God clearly states that my sheep hear my voice. Right. It is a um, it is a normal thing for shepherds and sheep to have the kind of relationship that the shepherds recognize. I mean, the sheep recognize the shepherd's voice. It's familiar to them. And the truth is, God's voice can be so familiar to us that we just don't even recognize that it's God because it's happening internally. It's within an internal voice that, that can sound like our own. It can sound like our own self-talk. You guys, I have seen the most spectacular miracles in my life not because there was this manifested angelic visitation that happened, but simply because I had an inspired word or an inspired imagination from the Holy Spirit and simply acted on it. I have seen organs recreated that had been surgically removed. I have seen uh, 
rods and back dis backs disappear um regularly when i am ministering and talking to people it's it's not my wisdom that's coming forth simply it's words of wisdom right it's the wisdom of the holy spirit in operation and truthfully the only difference between me who kind of flows in these things and people that say oh i don't hear the voice of god and oh i can't do that shalice is really just two things one is i believe that i can access the gifts of the spirit on demand anytime anywhere simply by looking simply by listening and simply by uh getting into that place where i'm no longer the one uh in control right and the second thing is is just simply practice i've just practiced i've had a lot of practice of hearing god and praying from a place of union with god and if i find myself not knowing what to pray or not knowing what to do well guess what i pray in the spirit and praying in the spirit for me because i've been doing this for so many years is simply like priming the pump it's simply like there's rivers of living water inside of our bellies and so when i pray when i pray in the spirit guess what it says that we we build ourselves up in our most holy faith praying in the holy ghost in jude it says that and so what happens is you just begin to prime the pump you begin to all of a sudden it's kind of like it activates your spiritual senses but if you are brand new at this and you haven't practiced this or you've never even been told that you can do this then then those are the reasons why you're not able to do it because you just haven't been around the right teaching the right mentoring to actually activate you in those things you know the way that we would do it i mean honestly the way that i've always just you know now we do it through emerge but for years i mean before we even had emerge we would just simply teach i would just teach on the gifts of the spirit are uh, come from the person of the holy spirit this isn't about some special anointing that you have it's not about you know uh, getting some impartation, not that impartations aren't real, but really it's just about getting into that position where you begin to believe because the gifts of the spirit operate by faith. They operate just like the way that we hear God. We believe that we can hear the God, hear God. Everything that we experience, first of all, comes through the faculty of our belief, meaning that when we believe that we hear God on demand, guess what starts to happen? When you are around an environment where people are hearing God all the time, like this just becomes normal, it's it's abnormal not to be hearing the voice of God. But most of us live in a world where it's abnormal to hear God. And what's normal is that we're not hearing God. What's normal is that we're living independent from God. And so it really is just an activation. We would just teach, we would teach on the prophetic, we would teach everyone that, hey, this is the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the person that lives inside of you. He has all of the gifts because he is the Holy Spirit. These are the way he operates. And so we would just simply get bring their faith level up. We would just be like, you've already got it. You've got the Holy Spirit. You've got the opportunity uh, to operate in the gifts of spirit. Now you just need to activate it. You just need to prophesy. You just need to pray for someone. You just need to actually step into that place where you're making a demand on the sap in the tree that you're abiding in, right? You're making the source, you're making a demand on the source of the Holy Spirit is that, that is within you. And what we would do is we would literally just line people up. We'd sit them in chairs and then we would have somebody stand in front of them and we'd be, okay, now prophesy. And I can't tell you the people that would be like, oh, no, 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 I can't do that. I can't prophesy on demand. Shalice. I'd say, listen, quit saying that. Just say, Holy Spirit, what do you have for this person? Holy Spirit, what do you want me to pray for this person? 
and just be open, be open to receiving an imagination. And then of course, when those things first start happening, when you get imaginations or you're, you're just beginning to prophesy, well, you know what happens to a lot of people? They begin to doubt. Well, I guess I'm just making that up. I don't know that that's God or not. And here's the thing. It's like, it's, 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 it's easier sometimes to think that it's not God than it is God. But what if you flip flop that? What if you just believed that there is no true independence from God? What if you just believed, no, I have the same spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead dwelling within me right now, that it says those that are led by the son of God, these are the, these are the, those that are led by the spirit of God, these are the sons of God. And so what if you just believed in the Holy Spirit? What if you believed that the Holy Spirit was more powerful than your inability to actually hear God? It's like we have magnified our separation rather than magnified our union with God. And what we magnify is really, really important. And when you just say, oh no, I, can, I got this, right? I got this. I can hear the voice of God. I can prophesy. I get visions from God. And you just begin to say those things. Well, guess what starts to flow? Why? Well, because words are, are are creative. Number two, you're speaking in line with the truth. It is the actual truth. And when you begin to uh, speak the truth, you begin to guess what? Start to experience the truth. I mean, this has been true over and over again in my own life and in the men, I mean, at this point, thousands and thousands of people that I have mentored and trained and equipped to hear the voice of God and operate in the supernatural. So number one, we have to shift what we are focused on. We have to shift our focus onto union with God. We have to shift our focus onto the truth of what the word of God says. That yes, we have the exact same spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead. And when you believe those things and you begin to speak those things, well, then guess what? It just happens. I cannot tell you the number of times that I have sat people in a chair. They've never done it before. And the next thing you know, they just decide to set aside that doubt, set aside the idea that this is not God and just go with what they have. And you know what? Time and time again, it blew the person that they were speaking over away. How did you know that? How did the, how, how, you know, just like, yes, that was spot on, you know, that, that was not from you. Um, I've had people that have just been trained, you know, to lay hands on the sick. I've seen them lay hands on the sick. People fall out under the power of God and it freaked them out. Like it freaked them out because they're like, what, what happened? What did I do? You know, because we are so accustomed to thinking it has to be something spectacular. Like I got to feel something to operate in this. And the truth is no faith is not a feeling. Faith is a spiritual fruit. And it is, it is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. It is a coming from your spirit. And guys, you can't connect with your spirit, but through your feelings, you have to connect with your spirit by faith, meaning you just have to step out and, and, and take a risk and move into the place of supernatural. You know, one of the easiest ways to practice this, right, is in your journal. It's sitting down and asking God, what do you want to show me? What do you want to speak to me? And if that's too much pressure to put on yourself, well, then you know what? Don't do it with your journal. Just say, okay, Lord, you know, I'm just going to believe that you're going to give me something for someone and just walk it out and see what happens because it is way easier than we've been taught. In fact, the truth of it is that it's, it's, it's effortless. Union is effortless. The problem is, is that we, we're having too much effort, 
right? And we have this unbelief in the way that is actually blocking us from being able to hear, right? If you're sitting there every time you're trying to hear God, judging it constantly, you're eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. You are operating out of a false identity that is separate from God. And the truth is we just need to set all of that aside. We just need to set it aside and we need to step into that place where we just believe the gospel. Even if we don't have evidence of it yet, right? We just believe it. You know, I've shared, I think, the story before about when I was seeking God for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I I was just starting to get teaching about what is the baptism of the Holy Spirit? What is this thing called speaking in tongues? What? Why do I need to speak in tongues? This is weird. I don't know about this. Is this even for today? I thought the gifts of the Spirit passed away. I mean, that was kind of the teaching that I had coming into the knowledge of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And so I just kept asking and asking and asking for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Oh, fill me, Lord, fill me, fill me, fill me, fill me. And then one day, finally, I finally heard the Holy Spirit say, you've already got it. You've already got it. And so here I was trying to get something that I already had. And of course, that's not going to work that way. You can't, it's like a dog chasing its tail. You can't keep asking for something that you've already been giving, given and expect to give it. You know, it's like me holding my phone and saying, give me my phone, give me my phone, give me my phone. Well, how can somebody give me my phone when I've already got my phone? You can't, I've already got it. I just need to now begin to use it. And it's the same way with uh, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's the same way with all of the gifts of the Spirit. You've already got it. You've got the Holy Spirit. So you've got everything that you need to operate as a supernatural uh, believer. You have the power of God. The baptism of, of the Holy Spirit is simply the release of that. What you already have. It's just a manifestation of the Holy Spirit in your life. You know, I have a, a podcast specifically if you want more of, of that about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, go check it out. I think it's episode 52, 53, something like that. But go check it out. I actually lead you into the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But today I want to chat even, even more about the concept of creative dominion and releasing heaven on earth. So number one, we have to operate out of our new identity, right? We have to step into the place where we are a new creation, where we already have all that heaven contains. It's already been lavished upon us. We lack nothing. It's just an invisible reality at the moment. And creative dominion is just really about having heaven dominate the natural realm. It's really about just the manifestation of what we've been given. And this is a little bit of a tricky business for people, right? Because in fact, I was just talking to someone, I mean, I talk to people all the time about this, right? Where they are believing, you know, believing, quote unquote, believing for a miracle. They're believing for a manifestation. And this principle of you've already got it is so where so many people miss it, right? Because they are waiting for natural evidence of something before they believe that they've got it. It's kind of like in the baptism of the Holy Spirit, right? I didn't believe that I was baptized in the Holy Spirit or could pray in the Spirit. And because I didn't believe that I already had it, well, guess what I was experiencing? I didn't have it. I wasn't, I wasn't doing it. It wasn't manifesting. But as soon as I shifted over into this place of, oh, I've already got it, right? Now it was a completely different way of operating, right? Now I was just opening my mouth in faith. Now I was thinking, oh, I've already got this. Now I just need to, you know, just do it. I just need to just do it. 
And that's exactly the way manifestation works, right? We have to already have it. If you want to see heaven manifest on earth, well, the first thing you've got to realize is that I've already got it. And whether that is a healing, whether that is a financial breakthrough, whether that is your, you know, believing and standing for a loved one and their salvation or whatever it is in heaven. I mean, heaven is abundance of everything, right? All kinds of provision. Every, you know, every need that could be met is met in the heavenly realm. It's already been provided. And what do we do? We just thank God. We thank God like we've already got it. And we just simply begin to believe that we have it. You know, Mark eleven twenty four 24 says this, whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe you receive them. Oh, it's episode 63, by the way, for the, for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Let me throw that in. Um, but Mark eleven twenty four 24 says, whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe you receive them and you shall have them. And so this is such a beautiful picture of how we co-create and take creative dominion over circumstances and over things that don't look like heaven. Number one, it says whatsoever things you desire. Wow, that is a really big, broad statement. What do you mean whatsoever things you desire? Okay, if it's in heaven, then it's a godly desire. Okay, if it's not in heaven, well, then it's not a godly desire. Okay, so it's just a real simple litmus, litmus test. If it's like heaven, well, then it's yours. Okay, you've already been given it. If it's not like heaven, it's not yours. Okay, lack is not yours. Sickness is not yours. Depression is not yours, right? All of these things that we kind of passively um, tolerate because we aren't co-creating and taking dominion over these things are not even ours, right? So whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. So this believing that you receive them is the process of saying, wait a minute, I've received it. I've already got it. I've already got this. I've already, I'm already healed. The bill's already paid. But my family is already uh, serving the Lord and in and, and, and love with the Lord, right? It's a reality that is totally true in the spirit, but yet not physically manifested. And this is the, this is where the fight of faith comes in, right? You have a spiritual reality and then you have natural reality and manifest, manifesting spiritual reality into natural reality comes as we receive it like we've got it and stand like we've got it, act like we've got it, take steps like we've got it. And guess what happens as we get it and we hold it. And we say, yeah, I believe I've received it. Well, then we have it. The manifestation comes by standing on what you already have. But the reason it's a little tricky, right, is because we have information that is contrary to us already having it. Our five physical senses and the natural circumstances seem to appear like we don't have it yet. You know, we go to the doctor, they give us the, the test results. You know, we get, look at our bank account and the money's not there. We look at the way our loved ones are acting and they aren't acting like they, they know Jesus, right? And so we look to the natural realm for evidence to see if we actually have it rather than recognizing that faith is the title deed. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So we have to see the unseen. We have to actually begin to see something that is not revealed to the physical senses. In fact, Hebrews 11.1 uh, in the Amplified Version, which is a great, uh, a great 
definition of faith and a, a great definition of how things are received. Uh, let me read that for you really quick. In the Amplified Version, it actually says that it's the evidence of things not revealed to the five physical senses. So let me um, pull it up. It's Hebrews 11 in the Amplified Version. And here's what it says. Okay, let me get in the Amplified Version. It says this, faith is the assurance, title deed, confirmation of things hoped for, divinely guaranteed, and the evidence of things not seen. It's the conviction of their reality. It says, faith comprehends as fact what cannot be experienced by the physical senses. So faith is perceiving as fact that you already have it. Faith, it's a fact. I've already got it. The bill is paid. It's a fact. I'm healed. It's a fact. My entire household has been saved. This is a fact. It's a spiritual fact. It's a fact that has not been revealed to the physical senses yet, but it's still a fact. In fact, play on words there, there are facts in the natural and there are facts in the spirit, right? There are facts that are manifested lies and there are facts which are unmanifested truths. And so we're looking to replace manifested lies with manifested truths. And the way to do that is through faith. It's by saying, I've already got it, you guys. And this is where most believers are really unbelievers because they do not understand that faith is not information that is revealed to the physical senses. And most of us get trapped in the natural realm. And it's what the Bible calls to be carnally minded. It is where we are operating as mere human beings, looking to natural facts, looking to natural evidence as the confirmation of what is true, rather than looking to faith, which is the confirmation of what is true. And so to operate in creative dominion means that we have to operate in a place of the unseen. We have to believe something that has not been revealed to our physical senses. We have to believe in an identity that is not physical. We have to believe in a kingdom that is not physical until it is. We have to believe, you guys, in something that is not yet revealed to the physical senses. And one of the easiest ways to do that is just to begin to thank God for it. Thank God that I have heaven inside. Thank God that I'm a new creation in Christ. Thank God that by his stripes I'm healed. Thank God that um, God has given me all things pertaining to life and godliness. I thank God that um, he supplies all of my needs according to his riches and glory and these bills are paid. I thank God that salvation is for me and my entire household. Why? Because that's what the word of God tells us. The word of God reveals what's available to us in the spirit. It tells us that heaven has already been lavished upon it. It tells us that Christ's resurrection is our resurrection too. It tells us that as we are in this world, so is Jesus. Or so as Jesus is in this world, so are we. So the, the word of God is like the, if you want to look at something that's physical, well then go look and read your word. Because it is the evidence also of what is available in the unseen realm. And so we have to get out of the business of being led by our physical senses. That's what it means to walk by faith and not by sight. And so creative dominion happens, guys, when we actually agree and we actually operate from the place like that we already have it. 
We have the Holy Spirit. We operate in the gifts of the Spirit. We um, are always uh, victorious. He always causes us to triumph, right? And we live out of that spiritual reality. And as we do that, we connect to the voice of God and we begin to flow with the Holy Spirit. Yes, in the gifts of the Spirit, but we begin to flow in our prayer life. We begin to flow in visions and we begin to flow in interacting with the spirit realm through activated spiritual senses. But we have to have it before we have it. We have to believe it in order to see it. And believing it means that we see it not with our physical eyes, but with our spiritual eyes. And so it was a little bit of a homework assignment for this podcast. I think you should go back and you should think about all the things that you think that you don't have that you actually have in the spirit, that you actually have in the unseen realm. And I think you should pick one, okay? Maybe there's 20. I don't know how many things there are that 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 should not be in your life right now. Lack, sickness, unsaved loved ones, whatever. And you just want to pick something and you want to say, okay, Lord, I am going to receive this. I know that I've got it and now I'm going to believe that I've got it. I thank you that I've got it. Now, Holy Spirit, show me Give me a picture of what that looks like. Give me an inspired imagination. Give me a word. Give me something that confirms that, right? So whether you write something down, whether you just get an imagination of what it looks like already finished, you know, that's, that's the way this works. And just stick with it and thank God and don't quit until it manifests. And here's the thing, when it's not manifesting, don't fall into the trap of saying, well, it's not working. It's not working. Well, it's not working because you think it's not working. You got to get out of that. You got to stay in gratefulness. You got to stay in thanksgiving and you have to see it done. You guys, this is a principle that works because this is the way God created the universe to work. The entire creation is, is conscious. What I mean by that is when Jesus spoke to the fig tree, it hurt him. It hurt him. And so the seen realm responds to what we believe. The seen realm responds to our faith-filled actions. The seen realm rearranges itself as we stand in what we already have. You know, I was, I was coaching someone yesterday who is standing for a healing and, you know, they were a little distraught because they went and saw an an x-ray and it didn't look like it was completely resolved yet, even though it's been a miracle to even get where they are. And I said, you know what, you cannot look to the x-ray to tell you whether or not you've been fully restored or not. That x-ray is not the proof, right? Your inspired imagination that says this is already finished is the proof. And it's the only proof that is going to change the natural proof. When you, when what be, what you see in the spirit, when what you believe is real in the spirit becomes more real to you than what the x-ray shows or what the, the, the credit card statement shows, whatever is the natural evidence, it cannot be more real to you than what is actually true in the spirit. And guys, this is not, um, this is not natural right? This is not the normal way that most people live. Most people all day, every day are just saying what they see in the natural. They're just reporting the natural facts all day, every day. But as believers, we are reporting the kingdom facts. We are reporting heaven's report. We are reporting the good news of what Jesus has accomplished. And we stand on it regardless of what it looks like. We stand on it even more so when the evidence in the natural is contrary, 
right? We, this is why Paul gets sang praises at the midnight hour, right? It didn't look good, but hey, as they praised and gave glory and to God, guess what happens? Bam, right? The, the jail doors opened. This is how Abraham grew strong in faith, giving glory to God, believing more in what was unseen than what was seen. That's why he's called the father of faith. He, he had been meditating on the stars. He'd been meditating on the grains of sand. And he believed that his offspring were more numerous than those things. And that reality became natural fact as he gave glory to God and stood in that place of no natural reality has to shift to spiritual reality through me, through what I see, through what I say, through the operation of the Holy Spirit, through the words that I speak, through my union with Jesus. This is how we can co-create with God. This is how we co-create heaven on earth and we dominate the seen realm. You know, this is something, if this is a new concept to you, or if this is something that you are not accustomed to doing, meaning you've either attempted to manifest something and you haven't seen it, or you've never ever even really known about these things, this is a teaching to listen to over and over again. I mean, faith is something that you just don't hear one time because we're inundated and have a habit of living out of our physical senses. We have a habit of living as mere men and being carnal, right? And thinking that this natural realm is the dominant realm and just thinking that we're trapped here in time and we're trapped here in the seen realm. And you guys know this takes practice. This takes a, a mind renewal to actually get into the place where, no, I'm living from unseen reality. I'm living out of a new identity. I've already got it. And now as I thank God and I just take steps of faith and I just believe that, well, guess what happens? The natural lines up with the spirit. I have had babies this way. I have been healed this way. I've seen so many people healed this way. Um, I've seen countless financial miracles happen this way. Matter of fact, I just had a testimony from someone this week who came to emerge graduation by faith and they got home and their bank account had balance, had doubled and there was no natural reason for it. I know these things sound spectacular, but they should be normal. These things should be normal, 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 normal. I mean, we have, I mean, counted money and then recounted it and it was more. I mean, we have seen other people count money and it was more. We have seen people supernaturally lose weight just because they didn't agree with the number on the scale and saw a new number on the scale. I mean, this, there is no limit to what you can create because heaven is here. And if it's in heaven, you can create it. Guess what? There's no overweight people in heaven. I mean, you can connect to these things. You can connect to a reality that is not revealed to the senses and you can dominate it. So again, think about an area of your life or something that you've been tolerating that needs to resolve itself and just simply receive it. Take Mark eleven twenty four, 24, put it on a scripture and then just say, okay, Father, I just received this. It says whatsoever things I desire when I pray, believe I receive them and I shall have them. So I'm just going to receive it right now. I'm not going to be praying for it again. Like I don't have it. No, I've got it. I'm going to thank you for it. I'm going to, Holy Spirit, you're going to give me an imagination of what it looks like. And I thank you that it is so, you know, I remember before I met my husband and God was telling me to stand for him. You know, he said, you must see Brian as I see him. And serving me with his whole heart and mind and a soul, right? He gave me, he's a mighty man of valor. He gave me a picture of Brian that was not what it looked like in the natural, but he taught me that's how the pro, that's how prophecy works. That's how faith works. That's how manifestation works. And he's taught, he'll teach you too. 
you will, he will absolutely walk through this with you so that you are dominating, you are co-creating, and you are taking creative dominion. So any step that God is asking you to take always requires faith. It's going to, it's going to cost more money than you have. It's going to, um, there's going to be obstacles that look impossible in your path. But guess what? Not to someone who's operating in the spirit, not to someone who's co-creating with God. It didn't stop Jesus. Nothing could stop Jesus. It didn't stop the Apostle Paul. Nothing could stop the Apostle Paul. And guess what? You have the exact same spirit that was in both of them. So you aren't lacking power. You aren't lacking anything. If you lack wisdom, ask for it. Meaning if you don't know it in your natural mind, ask for it. Anything that you need, you just simply ask and receive, ask and receive. Anything we ask that is glorifying Jesus, we receive. These are crazy radical scriptures that Jesus talked about. And, and these are, these are real. This works. Uh, I'm here to testify that it works today and it works for whosoever will. It works for whatsoever things. So don't get caught up in looking at the natural realm for natural evidence of spiritual reality. No, stay in the spiritual reality, operate out of the spirit and watch the natural reality conform to what you are creating. So God bless you guys. Get on your homework. Start manifesting something. Co-create with God. Take creative dominion over anything and everything that doesn't look like heaven. Alrighty, guys. God bless you, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Shalise's podcast. This recording is, in part, made possible by our listeners. To partner with us, visit Shalise.com, where you can donate and help us spread the good news of our unshakable union with Christ around the globe. You can also find a link there to download Shalise's book, The Path, for free. And if you're ready to discover the call of God on your life and the purpose he created you for, then visit us at Shalise.com and watch Shalise's free training where you'll hear five keys to hearing God about your life purpose and transitioning into it. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, don't forget, the world needs the Christ in you.